0: Hey y'all, so this is super random, <laughs> but um, I just had an experience today that I wanted to share because I feel like not only is it relevant to my brand and what I'm trying to do um, with the Bougie Therapist podcast, but also just like to life in general, um, I think I'm going to start doing more like off the cuff podcast because yeah, the way my work life works is it's really fast paced, but there are times where I just get like really, really, really significant insight. Um, and so I'm just going to start sharing it as it happens. Um, can't promise how often cause it's going to be random, but I promise it'll be worth it. Um, so quick backstory for the past six weeks. Um, I have been co-facilitating a group at work. um, a process group, which means that we actually process emotions, process situations, um, and go really in depth into like the topic of the group. This group in particular is, um, I won't reveal the name of the group, but it's essentially about healing from trauma. And so in the group, we ask um, all the clients to have a specific trauma-related goal that they want to accomplish. Um, and it's usually in some way, shape, or form related to reducing symptoms of trauma that show up in their life. Um, but they ha- they get to pick the goal, what they want to be. And then um, it's a 12-week group, so we're halfway through now. But um, by the end of the group, the goal is to have either accomplished that trauma-related goal or um, be on the path towards accomplishing it. Because there are a lot of factors that go into just accomplishing goals in general, but particularly when it's trauma-related. Um, which is what prompted me to record this real quick podcast. So basically, what we noticed is we're six weeks in. Um, After every group, the facilitator and I, uh, or the co-facilitator and I, um, talk at the group, and I'm like, hey, do you have anything you want to consult on? Do you have anything you want to talk about? Um, Anything that we could have done differently during the group, whatever. Um, Usually we have discussions about just like things that um, could have been better or that went really well or particular um, clients, but for the most part, it's more so like, okay, maybe we should do X, Y, Z different because especially switching to virtual platform for groups, it's very challenging, um, especially with the process groups because it's like, (laughs) if you've had Zoom meetings or... Um been working from home, you know, just like oh my God, like trying to have meetings on zoom is i mean it's it it works, it's a way to like still be able to make it happen, but just connection in general is so much harder um through digital means, so like um zoom or video chatting. So it, there's just like a lot of stuff that we kind of had to overcome switching this group from a in-person, a very small intimate group setting to a virtual format. Um, we're doing it, it's going great, but just, that's just a little backstory. So one of the things that came up um, a few times recently to where we finally did something about it is that we were recognizing that a lot of group members didn't know ex- exactly what group would... No, they didn't know exactly what goal they wanted to accomplish. My words are not the best today. It's been a long morning. Um, so at first I was kind of confused. I'm like, okay goal setting is pretty, pretty simple. But then I had to realize, like, no, it's not. Not for everybody. Like, I'm really good at setting goals and accomplishing them and, like, course correcting along the way um, until it's done. But that's also one of my, like, skill sets. That's something that I'm very, very good at. Um, One, not everybody is. But then to take it, like, to take my ego out of it and, like, take me out of the equation, like, As a trauma-informed therapist, I understand the impact that PTSD has um, on people's lives, which makes it very challenging for them to do a lot of things um, that quote-unquote should be simple or quote-unquote should um, not be problematic, but just the way that PTSD works, like it doesn't care about any of those things. And so what I was recognizing is, one, some of our clients have... So much trauma um, or have experienced so much trauma that who they have become as a result of the trauma is almost synonymous with their trauma symptoms, meaning they've experienced traumas, they've reacted to it in ways that essentially are designed to keep them safe in the future um, and in the present. But after you do that so much, like, it starts to just be your way of life. So the things that um, initially you adapted, whether it be behaviors, thought process, beliefs that keep you safe, um, evolve into, like, literally being a lifestyle. So where you're doing it automatically, you're not even thinking about it, so you don't recognize that it's a problem. So I was recognizing that I'm asking essentially like trauma survivors to one clearly define a goal, which is like, huh, that's cute. Um, whatever girl. Um, but then on top of that, it's like clearly expressed to me the ways in which your trauma had or or it, ways in which your trauma has impacted your life and then like how you want to change that. So again, going back to my original uh statement of like a lot of times the the reactions to trauma because so become so synonymous with who they are that they can't separate the two. So we kind of have to take a pause, take a step back um, and like dedicate an entire session to like, okay, these are the symptoms of PTSD. These are the ways in which trauma can negatively impact your life. And literally let's have a discussion about ways in which you've noticed trauma has impacted your life. And ways in which you want to reduce the impact that trauma has had on your life, and so I'm a um very like conceptual person, and I do really well with like big picture ideas and like breaking things down and teaching them in smaller pieces like that's again what my skill set, but I never realized like how important it was to just like literally go back to the basics because essentially we were kind of like moving way faster than our clients was, and so um. What I share with them today is essentially what I'm about to share now, and hopefully it's helpful to somebody in just recognizing, like I said, that first piece of, like, how has trauma impacted your life? Because, one, um, I'm really, the older I get, the more I'm starting to, like, literally feel like life is traumatic. Like, people have, a lot of people have very, um very obvious traumatic situations that they've experienced and they can tell you details of, like, particular situations and it's, like, you know, it's, like, an itemized receipt. Like, this thing happened and it traumatized me. This thing happened and it traumatized me. Like, for a lot of people, it's very obvious the things that have created traumatic responses for them. Um, But for just as many people, if not more, and for people who they've had so much trauma in their life, it just is, like, their life, like, at some point, um, they stop remembering how trauma has impacted them because they may not even remember who they were before the trauma, um, let alone like what they want to do different or who they want to grow and become, um, which is also a trauma response. People that have experienced a lot of trauma have a short, what we call in the clinical world, a uh, uh, is it's foreshortened or a shortened um, view of the future. I forget the exact like verbiage, but essentially like their brains don't think their brains have a very hard time thinking beyond this moment. Um, So it's very hard for them to plan for the future, let alone, like, actually do the steps necessary to make those goals happen. So um, another thing I want to disclaim is that because of all of what I just said, um, excuse me, because of all of what I just said, um, some people, the assumption is that If we're going to talk about PTSD symptoms, that means that you know that you have PTSD, which is not true. Um, A lot of people don't ever get that diagnosis because um, there are certain criteria that you have to meet to meet what we call diagnostic criteria for getting that diagnosis. But having or not having that diagnosis does not mean that you don't have PTSD or that you don't have PTSD symptoms. Um, that are severe enough that should warrant professional, i.e. mental health, help, support, whatever you want to call it. So I just want to disclaim that you don't have to have a formal diagnosis um, for this information to apply to you. And in a lot of ways, you may not have a formal diagnosis, especially if you've never accessed mental health services. But then more importantly, if you have um, never talked about any of the things that have happened to you. So one thing that... um, I've really been like really big on in general, but more so in talking about PTSD, both of my clients and again, with my brand, the Bougie Therapist, um, is breaking down the symptom categories. So there are four. I'll give you a, a brief, I'll tell you what those four are and then give you more detail about this. So um, PTSD symptoms are broken up into four categories. One includes intrusion symptoms, um, another includes avoidance symptoms. The third one is negative alterations in cognition and mood. And then fourth is hyperarousal symptoms. So what does any of that mean? One, um, intrusion symptoms include recurrent, recurrent, involuntary and distressing memories, thoughts and dreams of the traumatic event. Um, the individual may also experience flashbacks and dissociative experiences in which they feel or act as if the traumatic event is, is reoccurring. Um, this is exactly what it sounds like. Usually this also, usually also includes nightmares, which this it doesn't explicitly state, but nightmares, flashbacks, um, and dissociative experiences, which it does mention, but um, to take that step further, this can sometimes feel like blanking out Um, or having um, experiences where you detach from reality and you're back in the moment or in the situation um, of a traumatic event. So you can feel what was happening. You can remember what you were thinking. Um, Literally, it's kind of like time stops and like in your mind, in your body, you're back in that moment, no matter how long ago it happened. Actually, and I I don't know if I ever share this story, but small caveat, the reason I even decided to go to grad school after because I was working for about two years, a year and a half, two years after undergrad before I even went to graduate school to be a counselor. And literally the reason I went back is because I was doing in a um assessment or yeah, a research uh or fill out a research like I forget what we call them. But like um it was a form I had to fill out. And uh, I was just asking the person, like the client questions, like, have you ever experienced this? Have you ever experienced that? And so it's pretty general at first. It's asking about alcohol, substance abuse, um, um, social history, like all these things, like demographic information. And then at some points, it starts to ask trauma symptoms. So like, have you ever experienced something that was like frightening or terrifying, where you thought you were going to die, or you did actually almost die? Or things like, um, are you, do you have, like, a fear of men or a fear of women? And you don't really know where that comes from. So, like, these very specific um, trauma-related questions. So, literally, um, this man, I can't remember how old he was. He was, like, an older Black man. He was literally, older than to be my grandpa, like, literally my grandpa age um, or older. And, like, completely broke down crying when I was asking him the questions about trauma like they weren't direct trauma questions but they essentially were assessing for if this person has ever experienced trauma and so I remember not only did he break down crying when I was asking the questions but then he started um like essentially telling like his trauma narrative so saying the things that had happened to him and like just in real time reflecting and processing his emotions and so I remember one feeling grateful like oh my god like i I appreciate that, you know, this man felt comfortable enough to like um be 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 comfortable enough to like express this with me because I don't know, I just felt like a black man is, is very it's very conditioned in them to like not share and to not do any of that. So I was like I understood the gravity of what was happening and then more importantly, like from there on I just really was like, Okay, I'm Kind of good at this. Like I should probably take my gifts more seriously, and then evolve into like me going to grad school. So, um, w- so I said all that to say one of the very um usually pretty obvious for people that have PTSD or PTSD symptoms is that they can they may not recognize that it's happening, and it probably happens so often that they never mention it or they don't really talk about it. But one of the really um telltale signs that you may have PTSD. Um, is that you oftentimes have moments of time where you just like completely check out. Like you're completely detached from reality and in your mind, you're thinking about or feeling in your body um, memories of traumatic events that have happened. So um, just wanted to really point that out. So second category of, <clears throat> I'm sorry, y'all. I've been talking for like an hour and a half because we just in group. So if my voice keeps cracking, I'm sorry. So um, second category is avoidance symptoms. So this includes efforts to avoid internal um, memory, thoughts, or feelings and our external things such as, or external reminders, such as people, places, or situations um, that remind you of the traumatic event. Um, and this also includes preoccupation with avoiding trauma-related feelings and stimuli or avoiding trauma-related feelings. And stimuli can become a central focus of the individual's life. So um, basically what this means is having any type of behaviors that um, includes avoiding thoughts, feelings, people, places, things, situations, um, or memories that remind you of trauma that has happened. Um, and in addition to that, being very adamant about um, usually in the, In reaction to that, seeking out situations, people, places, stimuli, um, or things that make you feel good to counteract the negative um, emotion, thought, or feeling. So this is where a lot of, like, addictive behaviors come in. A lot of um, impulsivity comes in. Um, For some people, it can manifest as hypersexuality. Um, for some people, it can manifest as alcohol or drug abuse, um, or just like codependence into issues. So always having to be around other people, always having to like be sexually involved with other people, always having to have somebody around. Um, having, <laughs> for lack of a better term, like yeah, just I, I'm just gonna say having a lot of people around, whatever that means to you. Um, so that's what avoidance can look like. But um, again, remember that avoidance can also Avoidance is also coupled with the um, tendency to, in the effort to counteract those negative feelings, do opposite things that kind of camouflage or get rid of that original emotion. Um, So that's something to really, really think about and consider. Um, So third category is negative alterations in cognition and mood. So this includes problems, uh, remembering important aspects of the traumatic event, Depression, fear, guilt, shame, and feelings of isolation from others. So, um, like I told the group today, like, um, very general emotions like depression, fear, guilt, shame, uh, feeling isolated. Like, these are very general um, emotion or emotive states or like cognitive states and so it may not like if you experience these alone it may not necessarily mean that you have PTSD but it is a telltale sign that you might especially depending on what is the situation surrounding those emotions or um if you recognize why you feel that way or not. Um because believe it or not there are some people like or not there is not not that there are some people but depression um can be a state like there's there's a such thing as situational depression like things happen that um rightfully so or like that naturally elicit the feeling of depression and then there's like depression where it's like I don't know why I'm depressed um or I'm consistently depressed and it seems to come out of nowhere, but I don't have a whole lot of insight as to why. So like those are very two different things, which is why I'm saying like these symptoms can be in the in the realm of negative alterations in cognitions and mood, which basically mean having negative thoughts and negative emotions. Um, if you don't know where these negative thoughts or negative emotions are coming from, um, that mm-hmm. is usually a sign that it's probably trauma related just in my experience. But um and yeah, and if you do know where they're coming from, um then it may be a sign that it may not be trauma related, but that doesn't include the situation where it's like, oh yeah, I know that I'm depressed because I'm thinking about all the times people have hurt me, violated me, abused me. Like that's obviously um a conscious recognition of the underlying emotion for the depression being like past trauma. So that would count as like, yes, that's probably a PTSD. PTSD symptoms, but I just wanted to be clear about what sometimes those differences can look like. Um, and then four is hyper hyper arousal symptoms. So this includes being jumpy, easily startled, irritable, having anger or having angry outbursts, um, being self-destructive, so self-destructive behavior, um, and problems concentrating and difficulty sleeping. One in particular that shows up a lot that people don't recognize is often a, P- is often a PTSD symptom is um, irritability, being angry all the time or having an uh, anger outburst, and then the self-destructive behavior. Because sometimes self-destructive behavior looks like, oh, you didn't get what you wanted or you big mad, so you just about to like be reckless and, again, just have sex with whoever close to you or... Um, Uh, drink or smoke or do some stuff that you know you're not supposed to be doing. Go gamble or go just just usually some kind of toxic behavior that makes you feel good in that moment, but doesn't ever address the initial trigger um, and definitely doesn't like solve the overall problem um self-destructive behavior can look like a lot of things and it's probably going to be very specific to that person but if you have a habit of being very self-destructive self-sabotaging that's another one like um you could very much make something happen or very much like do what's necessary for stuff to happen but you just choose not to because the thought of the thought of you knowing, oh, well, it didn't happen because I didn't do X, Y, Z, is an attempt to gain control in a situation where you feel like you don't have control. But usually the the ending result is you don't get the X, Y, Z thing, which may be something that is actually good for you, which may be something that you actually want. But in an effort to maintain maintain control and a sense of agency over your life, you intentionally don't do it um, just to say that it didn't happen because you didn't make it happen. Um Which isn't, like, outwardly destructive, but it's very self-destructive, aka self-sabotaging behavior. Um, So, as I'm talking, I think... So, that was the four categories. Um, I think there will be more content. I'm trying to decide, because I don't want the podcast to be super clinical, um, because I have kind of transformed my Instagram page to be more, like, clinical information about uh, PTSD trauma and like other related topics so I don't want the podcast to be as like clinical I want it to be more like fun and practical um informative but very practical like practicality is my goal for this platform um but like I said after this is the sixth week of the group I have six more weeks um and I've done this group before in like countless other like uh, group therapy groups and so I don't know it was just like okay I'm spending all this time like running the groups uh, doing research to prepare for, consulting after the group to make sure you know like we're on the right track and we have all the tools and resources we need, and that we're supporting our clients the best the best way that we can. I was like, this is just a perfect opportunity for me to share some of this information one because it's so fresh on my mind, and also because I feel like I keep repeating it anyway, so why not um make content around it? So like I said, this is a very like off the cuff like super random um podcast episode. So yeah, it wasn't it was as structured as I could make it, but there's probably not gonna be probably not gonna be an intro to this one. So <laughs> don't be expecting that. Probably not a whole lot of like uh hype around it. But if you're hearing this, thank you for listening and I hope you learned something from it. Um because again one thing that I'm learning is um I've always been, like, a very hard worker. I've always been very serious about my work, um, especially because of the nature of the work I do and how much it impacts the lives of other people. Um, I take Because of those things, I take my work very seriously. But I also realize that I don't, outside of work, I don't share my work enough, if that makes any sense at all. Um, so I'm trying to make more of an effort to kind of be, like, I say this loosely because I don't like a lot of attention. and I don't like, you know, I don't know. I just, I'm pretty private. Like I'm pretty like lone wolf, do what I want, hang out by myself, like that type person. So being like the center of attention or being like really well known isn't my goal so much as I do want to be a um, an important person in my community um that is able to like facilitate healing among the community, particularly black people. Um because yeah, we just don't have enough mental health professionals that one, we don't have enough mental health professionals in our community, point blank period. Like that that is a complete sentence. But in addition to that, not enough um that actually come back and give back and share our skills and expertise with the community. Um, because one of the number one reasons that um, our community doesn't access mental health services is because when they get there, there's nobody that looks like us, let alone that understands like the things that we deal with. And most importantly, number one thing doesn't know how to translate the information from a very like Eurocentric context to a context context. Um, that makes sense for Black people. And so I'm going to be doing more work um, on that thing in particular, so translating, like, a lot of counseling theory into very practical, bite-sized, relatable um, forms of content uh, for y'all. So, yeah, so whether it's podcast form or on my um, Instagram page, at the Bougie Therapist, you'll get it if you stick around if you stay close to me you'll get the information so honestly that's all I have to say I got a meeting at like two o'clock and um I have a latte I need to finish (laughs) I need to go get lunch so I'm about to end this here, but um let me know if you have any feedback um I probably need to get like a website or something because I have I have a website but it's for a separate brand. So I need to figure out a way to be able to get feedback from you all because if you don't follow me on Instagram or you don't know me personally it might be hard for you to like give me feedback or answer the questions that I'm asking you that to, to answer. So I'll figure something out. But in the meantime, um yeah if you if you know me personally <laughs> call me or text me. If you follow me on Instagram uh DM me like I'm here for you. So that's all I got. Um, Happy Friday. Have a good weekend. And I will talk to you all later.